let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian, and we are Where is the Rulebook? And we bring you a weekly board game walkthrough. During Season 1, we'll be focusing on introductory games that everyone should know and allow you to step into the world that is board games. During today's episode, we'll give you basic details of the game, what you need to know to set it up, what the turns look like. We'll also walk you through what makes the game come to a finish. And at the end, we'll talk about our experiences and how to win and if we recommend this game. For today's game, we'll be traveling across the globe with our teammates trying to save humanity. As four deadly diseases are spreading, we will be searching for their cures. We make up a skilled disease fighting team and we need to use all of our strengths together. But the clock is ticking in today's game. We'll be opening the rule book for Pandemic. On the box, the gameplay takes roughly 45 minutes. Pretty accurate. I think uh, with a smaller game, probably 30 minutes. I think it does go up to an hour if you play with the full team. Um, and with that being said, you can have two to four players playing this game. It is good to note, though, that on Board Game Geek, they do recommend playing with four players. Uh, this game is essentially a co-op hand management point-to-point movement style game. Uh, it's great to play with friends, with family, because you're not playing against each other, you're with each other. Now, where is the rule book? Let us begin by what's in the box. When you open the box, you'll be gifted with the rule book. Along with that, you'll have a single-sided foldable game board. There are seven rule cards, which essentially are your special classes each player will randomly get one of. And there are also seven pawns that coincide with the color of the character. You also will find the player cards. There are 59 in total. There are 48 city cards, six epidemic cards, five event cards. You will find the infection deck, which is made up of 48, which are the same as the 48 cities and the player cards. There also will be the disease cubes. There's 96 in total, 24 of each color, being four colors and four diseases. And we're not done there. Cure markers, two-sided, four total in all. Each one is a different color represented by the disease that exists in the game. There are six research stations, which look like little white Monopoly houses. There are infection rate marker and outbreak markers, which will increase the longer the game goes on. And last, we have four reference cards that are essentially little cheat sheets for each of the players. Now that we have all the pieces for the board, let's set everything up. First, you take that board, you put it in the center of the table, you put the six research stations and the disease cube sorted by color next to the board. And then you put the first research station in Atlanta on the map. Then place the outbreak marker on the zero space on the left side of the board and place the four cure markers the vial side up towards the bottom of the new board. Now, we will place the infection rate marker at the top right of the board at the far left where it says two. Above this, we have two spots for our infection decks. We need to flip over cards to represent what cities will begin infected. You will flip over a total of nine cards in sets of three. So the first three will have three disease cubes placed on them that correspond with the color you flipped. So if you flip over Sydney, Sydney is red. So Sydney would get three red cubes. Now you'll flip over three more, and those three cities will only get two disease cubes. You'll flip over the last three, and these will be one disease cube each. 
Next, we assemble our team. We shuffle the roll cards, dealing one to each player. That player then receives the matching pawn and the reference card to know what to do each turn. There are seven different roles players can get. The first one being the contingency planner that has the special ability for instead, as an action, they can play an event card that's already been discarded in the pile. And instead of putting it back in the discard, it's removed from the game. You also can be a dispatcher. And as one of your actions on your turn, you may move any player's pawn to another city with a player's pawn on it. Or you can move that pawn as it's your own by moving it across the white lines. The player must agree to be moved first, though. Next, there is the medic, the crowd favorite. <laughs> the medic, when treating a disease, can remove all cubes of that color. Now, if the disease has already been cured, just by moving on that city, they can cure it without having to use an action. The next role is the operation expert. And as an action, they may build a new research center without discarding the card of that city to match the research center. Or you can move a research center from any city by discarding the card to the new city. We have the quarantine specialist, which lets you prevent disease cubes from being placed in or around any connecting cities that the player is currently residing. We also have the researcher, and during the share knowledge action, they may give any city card to the player in the same city as them or take a city card. Again, the player has to agree to it. And last but not least, we have the scientist, which says you only need four matching city cards to discover a cure instead of five. All players start in Atlanta and the research center we place in the beginning of the game. Now that we have our player cards and the cities are infected, it's time to deal the actual player cards to each player. The player cards are essentially the event, city, or epidemic cards that exist in the pile. Once shuffled, depending on how many players are playing the game, you get a different number of cards dealt to you at the start. For a two-player game, you'll get four cards. For a three-player game, you'll get three. And for four players, you'll get two. Now we have to decide how difficult to make this game. You can either use four, five, or six epidemic cards. The game recommends for your first time, and actually probably for quite a bit into the game until you master it, that you only use four. After that, you can try to up it to five and six. It just makes the game even more hard. And what you do is you take the remaining player cards and you divide them into as close to as equal piles as you can without counting them. So if you're going to play with four epidemic cards, you put four piles in, you add an epidemic card to each pile, you shuffle them, and then to your best of your ability, you stack them together without shuffling them together by doing the smallest pile on the bottom to the largest pile on top. And that makes the player deck going into the game. Each player's turn is divided into three parts. First, you do four actions. Then, you draw two cards from the player pile. And last, you infect the cities. Each player has the option of eight actions to choose from. Four of them are movement actions. So a player can either drive or ferry, which means you can move your pawn to another city connected by a white line. You also can take a direct flight discarding a city card from your hand and moving to that city. You can charter a flight, 
discarding that city card that matched the city that you are in to go to any other city. Or you can move um, from research station to any other research station, which is called shuttling a flight. There are four additional actions that the book labels as other actions. This includes building a research station, which is discarding the city card that matches the city you're in to place a research station there. There's also treat disease, which allows you to remove one disease cube from the city you're in. And if the, if the color is cured, you can remove all cubes of that color from the city. The players can also take one of their actions to share knowledge. Two of the players have to be in the same city and have to both agree to do it. And you can either take or receive the city that matches the card that you're in. And you can give them to each other. But the hand limit does count as soon as you get them. So if you have seven cards or more, you have to discard back down to seven immediately. You also can discover a cure. And at any research station, you can discard five city cards of the same color, and that is how you discover the cure for that disease. And you move the vial on the bottom of the board up to the disease until you clear them all, and then you can flip them over. Next, you will draw two player cards. The player cards, again, can consist of cities, epidemic cards, or event cards. In this case, if you draw an epidemic card, you have to increase the move infection rate marker one space forward. You also have to infect. What this does is you draw the bottom card from the infection deck, and unless that disease has been eradicated or cured, put three disease cubes of that color on the named city. If the city already has a color on it, one or two cubes, you just put up to three, and then an outbreak happens. You then intensify the game by reshuffling the city cards from the infection deck discard pile and putting them on the top of the deck. It is rare, but if you draw two epidemic cards, you do one fully and then you move to the second and both are removed from the game. If you ever have more than seven cards in your hand after resolving epidemic cards, you have to either play event cards or discard back down to seven. And the last part of your turn is you have to infect the cities. You flip over as many cards from the infection deck as the current infection rate, which is on the top of the board. You put one cube matching that color on each city, unless a disease has been cured. If the city already has three cubes of that color on it, then an outbreak happens. During a turn, any player may play an event card. And by playing an event card, this is not an action and the card can be played at any time other than between drawing and resolving a card. So we've been mentioning outbreaks, but what happens when an outbreak occurs? When an outbreak occurs, you're gonna move the outbreak counter up one space. You're gonna place one cube of the original city's color that had the outbreak on every city connected to that city by the white line. If any of the cities already have three cubes, of that color, then you must do a chain reaction. Once finished with the original outbreak, you then do the chain reaction outbreak. You do the same steps as an outbreak in the same order, except you don't place a cube on any of the cities that have already had an outbreak or caused a chain outbreak during this event. Now that we have the whole game set up, we're gonna play a few turns, but first 
We took a few photos of our board and what we are going to be dealing with. You can check it out on our Instagram. The game has said that the player goes first with whoever has the highest population of their cities in their starting hands. The game's been out for some time that there used to be a rule that the person who was last sick goes first. Uh, this has been redacted, and in new versions of the game, it's the population rule. But I know for a fact both of us played the sick rule and didn't even know about the new one. I, yeah, I didn't know that this rule changed, and actually found out while doing this for this podcast. I read that, and I was like, I don't remember that being the case. Yeah, as uh, as we were kind of discussing the the layout, you even questioned me when I wrote that down, and I was like, uh, I just had to reread it. <laughs> um. But I was not sick most recently, I don't think. But I do have the highest population. Um, so I will go first. And as my role in this game, I got the researcher. Uh, so I can share knowledge more efficiently than the basic share knowledge uh, action. And for our board, Montreal got three. Algiers got three. And Sydney got three. Um, which is nice that they're all three different colors but they're very spread out. Uh, not really. We can go across uh, the room because really. you're able to go left to right on the board. Kind of like Pac-Man rules where it goes off the screen and comes around the other yeah. side. Yeah, there's white lines connecting wherever you can go, and they do have multiple that go to the other side of the board, and it tells you which one you go to. Well, first, um, I have four actions to use. We both start in Atlanta, and Montreal is really close. Um, so, And because there's three of them, I'm going to take two actions to move so i'm moving through chicago then montreal and then i'm going to take an action to actually should i take two actions to treat because we're in a two-player game it's a lot more dangerous to have three i think i would just cure just cure one or i would cure two okay. why not there's not much i can move towards elders but like that's only, I'm only one spot closer so i don't know if it's a huge help I move twice, and I'm going to cure twice. Now it makes Montreal only have one disease cube on it. And those are all of my actions. Now I'm going to draw two cards from the player deck. And I get an event card, which, again, you can play at any time other than in between drawing, so I can't quite play it yet. And I can remove any one card from the infection discard pile from the game, which might be my favorite event. That one is so good. And then I got another city card that I'll keep in my hand. Um, I'm still under seven, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, so now we have to infect uh, some cities. Our infection rate is still two because we just started. Um, so let me draw two from the infection deck. It looks like New York gets one. Right, Ray, right, right, uh In Saudi Arabia gets the other one. Yeah, it's probably not very good that I don't know how to say that. <laughs> And then these go into the discard pile of the infection deck. And now it's Joe's turn. So uh, I have the contingency planner. Uh, both of us have very unfortunate <laughs> characters for a two-player game. Yes, we have good support characters. <laughs> if you're playing with four people, these are excellent ones to have. But in a two-player, uh, it's kind of awkward. So the contingency planner says, as an action, I can take any discarded event card and use it. Uh, when you play it, it's removed from the game. And then the limit is one event card on this card at a time. So basically what it does is we just got the event card on Brian's turn. If you would play it, I can take it immediately, 
put it on this to store it, and I can play it again. But remember, it is an action to take that card. There's only five event cards, so you could play them twice, which is kind of nice. What are your four actions going to be? I'm thinking, because we're so close to Sydney, I'm going to use three moves. So you went, yeah, so you're moving Chicago, Los Angeles to Sydney. Yeah, which would be a very long flight. <laughs> Jet lag would be real. So that's three. And, of course, I'm going to use one to cure. I just don't want Sydney to be drawn, and then it outbreaks. So Well, and Sydney can't get drawn until we have an epidemic because it's in the discard from setting up the game. But, yeah, getting I think that's important just to get them away from three. Um, this game is manageable until outbreaks start happening, which I guess is probably pretty realistic. And now you get to draw two cards from the player deck. So the two cards that I've drawn were both cities, fortunately. Uh, they just go right into my hand. Now I have six. It's important to note that in my hand right now, I have three yellow. I only need five to cure a yellow disease. Now, we don't really have any on the board. Yeah, we still need to cure them. Johannesburg has two, um, so we're not in an outbreak concern yet, but we do have to get them cured. We don't have to get them off the board. You just have to cure the diseases to win. So now that that is done, last but not least on my turn is infection. So we still are on two. So we flipped two infection cards and we got Shanghai and Cairo. And these go into the discard pile and my turn is over. All right. And so my turn starts back up. Um, there's not actually rounds that you need to keep track of in this game. Um, so that's kind of something to note. Um, you just have to keep playing until one of the end game causes happen, which we'll talk about in a little bit still. Uh, we're pretty far away from any of those happening. So first I have four actions. Um, so I can move. And I think I'm going to take uh, one, two, three move actions to go from Montreal, New York, to Madrid, to Algiers. And then I'm going to cure one to get that away from three also. And that's all four of my actions. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to draw two cards from the player deck. And I got London. Uh -oh. oh, and an Epidemic. So these are the ones we don't want to have happen, especially not this early <laughs> in the game. Um, we're playing with just four Epidemics uh, for this game, which is the easiest mode that you can play on. Um, so there should be an Epidemic in you know each quarter of the deck. And we got one pretty early. Um, so first thing we do is move the Infection Rate. Up one, which we still draw two cards, which is fine. And then uh, now we infect. So you draw the bottom card from the infection deck, and you put three cubes on that city. Good news is that it won't have any in it yet. Looks like we got Kolkata. So now we have three of the black cubes there, uh, which conveniently does not give you any sort of outbreak. And then this is the part which makes the game so hard. <laughs> So now we're going to intensify the game. So now we're taking all the discarded cities that we've had. We are shuffling them. We put them all on the top of the infection deck. And so now when we draw to infect to end our turns, we're drawing cities that have already been drawn. Before I do my last step of my turn, which is going to be infect, the, we only have one potential outbreak. Um, so let's hope I don't draw it. And let's see what happens. Oh, Elders, <laughs> which luckily I just cleared one from there. So there is no, uh, no outbreak happening there. And Sydney, 
which you Whoa. just cleared one from. That's pro gameplay right there. And so now we again have three cities that have three disease cubes in them, uh, but we're both in one of them, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and I think before I do anything else, I'm going to play my event card. Um, I'm going to get rid of Elgers, I think, from the game. Sydney's has less outbreak options. Elgers is more, you know, centrally located yeah. uh, in this game. So I'm going to discard that from the infection deck. So the next time that we intensify, Elgers won't be one of them. So we just played three turns. Uh, we're going to continue playing this once we're done recording to finish it up. Um, we're nowhere close to winning, um, but you can win this game if you and your teammates cure all four diseases before any of the other options happen. Um, you don't have to eradicate the diseases from the board. You just have to cure the four diseases. So having four or five of the city cards, depending on your role, and curing those diseases. And you win as soon as you cure the fourth disease. So it doesn't matter what else might be happening. As soon as that's cured, that's the, that's the only way you can win is by curing all four. So it's a, it's a pretty easy concept to win. Just cure them all. But there are more than one way to lose. <laughs> so uh, the outbreak meter, which starts at zero, it goes up to eight. Once you get to the eighth one, which is the skull and crossbones, you lose. Um, if you're unable to place the number of disease cubes that are needed on the board, so like each cube has a certain number, if you, can, if you have no cubes to place, you lose. And if any player cannot draw two of the player cards as um, after their actions, you lose. <laughs> so you have to really manage your, uh, your time, your resources, your strategies, and make sure that anything... Uh, there's not too many outbreaks, hopefully. Yeah, the outbreaks, I think, are the hardest part. Because yeah. you, you get one, not a big deal, and then you start getting chain outbreaks, and that all of a sudden you go from zero to three or maybe four outbreaks, and you're halfway to losing on one player's turn, which is just crazy. Yeah, when you get that, you'll be like, oh, we're in a pretty good spot. And then you just get a chain reaction one or two times, and all of a sudden you're down to three yellow cubes left. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my gosh, we got to go. And whenever I'm trying to learn a new game, I always search online for, you know, the FAQs about that game, um, what rules are confusing or stuff like that. It's really cool because this rule book actually has a section and they call it the commonly overlooked rules. Um, and I think they're important enough that we should talk about them. I mean, obviously we've talked about them because we talked about all the rules, but if you draw an epidemic card, um, you don't get to replace it with another city card in your hand. So then that third turn when I drew an epidemic, I only got one city. I didn't get to have a second one, um, which is an interesting fact because usually you would think, oh, I get to draw two cities every turn, uh, but you don't get to. Um, you may also discover the cure of any of the colored disease cubes at any research station. So it doesn't have to be a research station in that area, just a research station. You have to have five or four of those cards to discover. And then the hand size, I think this is the only game that I've played like this, that as soon as you draw, that's when the hand size starts happening. It's not at the end of your turn. So if you draw that, that eighth card, you don't get time to continue playing. You have to discard immediately, and then you can continue on your turn, uh, which, like I said, I think is the only game 
that doesn't do it end of turn that I can think of at least quickly. Uh, we've so we've talked about you know what it takes to win, how there are more chances to lose to than winning. Um, we played on the easiest setting uh, with only four epidemics compared to playing up to six. Uh, but Joe, what do you do as your strategy in this game? Um, I don't know if it's a strategy. This game is difficult to have a strategy. A lot of co-op games are because. Uh, when you're working by yourself, there's often the game, the way the game is laid out, there's usually a, a specific resource or specific cards or deck or character, things you're going for. But when you're in a co-op game like this, you're, you're often hoping that one of you have a specific thing. So, for instance, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, the medic is my favorite. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I think... It's hard to say it's my favorite, but it's definitely my favorite combo is the Dispatcher and Medic. But I'm happy if my team has either of those in it. Uh, but the Medic is is so good. The, um, the Medic, just being able to go around the board and cure for free. Uh, if, if, the cure, if the disease has already been cured, just being able to move and just be like, all right, these are all gone. Yeah, not using an action. And not using an action yeah. is so good. But even... Using the action and curing all potentially all three cubes really instead good. of just one cube is so good too. So really, like that roll is so good, and then it just gets better in late game. Uh, so when it, when you say strategy, like again, you kind of saw it when we were playing. It's really just trying to m- mitigate any outbreak. The worst thing that can happen is you draw the epidemic, and you already have diseases and an outbreak happens and then you have a bigger outbreak and it chain reactions that that hurts the outbreak is the way that i've lost i think the times moat i lose on this game quite a bit also um because i mean it is really hard when you play with five or six epidemics but it's generally the outbreaks that kill us not the drawing of the cards not the not having enough disease cubes it seems like getting to the eight outbreaks is what, what stops us. I also think having four people makes it harder. Yeah, I think so. I think it makes it more fun. It definitely is more entertaining. But the hard part with a co-op game, and if you're playing with four people, maybe if not all four are like competent game players, they tend to you know take a back seat. And yeah, you can tell, like in this game, I can be like, hey, I'm going to go to London and start curing is that do you guys agree with that and it's important to talk and like have that in a co-op game especially in this game but what happens I feel like in co-ops is that when someone isn't as competent in what to do people just start telling them what to do and they just do it because you know the other three people are saying oh you know you have to go to London when in your mind you were thinking actually I want to go down to uh, Miami and start curing down there because there's so much down there too. Um, so it's, it's hard with, uh, with the co-ops like that though. Brian, what's your favorite? I know you said you said the medic in your opinion is the best, but what's your favorite role? Yeah, I think, I feel like the medic and dispatcher, like I said, are the best combo. Um, I think I would prefer my player to be the 
quarantine specialists. I'd never heard of that one, by the way, before. It's newer in some of the newer reprints. They added two of them, and that's one of them. It has, it doesn't take an action. It's a state, it's a solid action, a solid item that you just, wherever you are, doesn't get cubes on it. Uh, It's so good. But I don't think it's standalone. Like, you're not going to win the game because you had that one. But I think that's the one I would prefer to play and let my two teammates be the dispatcher and the medic. But without that one, I would say the dispatcher before was always my favorite. How about you? (laughs) Medic's best. It's also, in my opinion, the most fun to play as. Yeah, and I think... um, yeah, I, think I, I would agree. And I think with this game, when you mentioned, like, you don't really have a strategy um, other than, you know, trying to win, I guess, would be the strategy. I think not having a strategy is really the best way you can have a strategy in this game. The game changes so much yeah. during every player's turn. Like, I think every time a turn ends, you have to, like, reassess the board and a new strategy happens. Because if you keep a strategy of, you know, just clearing the red diseases because you started off with a lot of them, you're going to do well the first few turns, and then the rest of the board is going to be so crazy and you're not going to be able to catch up. Um, so it's, I think it's, it's important to address the board every time. It's not just eye on that finish line. Well, look, at, uh, look what we did right off the bat in our game. Uh, the black disease had the majority of cubes on the board to begin with, but we both separated and went to the three cubed ones. And because of that, ironically enough, we had an epidemic and both of those got drawn. We would have had our first outbreak on the first epidemic card, which would have been unfortunate. (laughs) Usually the first epidemic isn't the bad one. Um, It's usually the second epidemic card that starts killing you. Would you recommend playing this game? I love this game. I think it's really, really fun because you're working together. And I know that you said it's really hard when you're playing with people who don't really know, but I've played with like my wife who doesn't play board games that often, and she loves this game. I think co-op games are awesome to play. It just is important for, I guess maybe I'm speaking to like my own personality, is I tend to try to tell them what to do because I want them to do what I'm thinking. But yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, would, I think this game is awesome. There's, you know, there's expansions to it now. Um, so you can add, you know, even more complexity to it. Um, it's such a good game. I, it's probably the best co-op game that I know of. There's a reason why it's rated pretty highly. It's a cheap game. MSRP is $45 on this game. You can find it on sale, you know, around 30 TC Paintball, Traverse City has it for 45 also. I would gladly pay $45 for this game. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because if we look at a lot of games around this price point, uh, it's like that weird gray middle area where games are either really high quality and priced too low, or people just throw it out there at $40 because they can, because, oh, it's a board game. But for what you get in this game, like the quality, the art, all the pieces, everything feels and looks great. Yeah. yeah, like the cards are awesome quality, thick cards. They're easy to shuffle. They're not going to break down. All the disease cubes are, you know, solid cubes. There's no, no cardboard tokens. It's, it is so good. They could have done way less, and I think I still would be happy paying $45 for it. 
and they did more. I think, I mean, I don't think I would bat an eye paying 55 for this game. I agree. I think that the 45 is a solid price point. If you're able to get it on sale, that's fantastic. Um, but I think it's a, like the sweet spot. The thing that they could upgrade would be the box. The box itself, fine quality, but there's no like designated spots for all the items. Um, so you would just have, and they come with baggies, which are great. And I have, you know, 5,000 extra ones at home. But you just, you just toss all the things in their individual bags and they just sit loosely in the box. Um, so like Splendor that had, you know, designated spots for the types of cards, these ones get all mixed together as you carry the game back and forth. So that's like the only spot they've dropped anything, but it doesn't make you not want to play it. I don't think I have any house rules other than playing by the last player who was sick goes first, which like we said, used to be the main rule. Do you have any house rules that you play by? No, the rules are very simple, but because they're so simple, it allows you to be pretty free. Uh, Never had to make anything up. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, they're pretty self-explanatory, so you don't have to question rules that are in the book. Um, and unlike Catan, where like I don't like putting the two sixes next to each other, if we happen to draw two cards that both get three cubes off the beginning, like I don't really question it, and I just you know make that the current focus. I think it's because it's co-op, right? Because if it, in the other game, if it's two sixes next to each other, and you're the player going first in Catan you would just take one of those spots, and now the other player can't even play on the other one. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> guess it's because this, of the co-op. Because this you're a co-op, no matter where and how bad it is, you know that you have a partner or partners that you're working together. I like it. I like, I like co-op games. They're, they're, they're a sense of relief. Absolutely. I mean, though you all win or you all lose type of strategy. You know, it's fun for game nights. And like you said, oh, you yeah. can play with people who aren't you know, playing very complicated board games every week and have a good time with this compared to, you know, playing a game that someone's going to win and they're going to lose. They tend to, you know, have a better time playing this one. Um, I also like co-op games because I can play by myself, technically. Um, I mean, it says two to four players, but being that this game is very co-op, we can see each other's hands, we can discuss our moves with each other. You technically could play all four characters just by yourself um, and play the game completely alone, which sounds sad. Do you, are there any games similar to this that you can think of? Co-op games, absolutely. Um, this theme, I don't think anyone's done it this well. Uh, but there's, I mean, there's a bunch of co-op games out there. For me, with the cards the game and like the layout and how everything works. I kind of think of games like the forbidden Island games because every turn you're flipping cards, this has an outbreak counter that has a flood where it's sinking. So you're kind of on a clock in both. Um, That's the closest thing I can think of. A lot of co-op games also have, you know, midway halfway through the game, someone's playing against you. Yeah. Which can be fun, but it also has challenges. Um, but I, like this game doesn't have that anywhere, and it doesn't need it. You know what I like about it a lot, too? There's no secretive. So there are even some games that are co-op that your hand is a secret. The rules say that you can keep them a secret if you choose to, uh, but it also says to play them open. I don't think I've ever kept them a secret. I've never kept them a secret. I, I feel like that would hurt you way more. 
And if you're, if we're all researchers on the same team, we're sharing knowledge. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this game walkthrough. And if it's been a while, I think you should grab pandemic again and bring it to the next game night. I think you and anyone there is going to have a good time playing it. If you've played it before, that's fine. If you haven't, it's a great game. For upcoming episodes, we'll be opening the rulebook on a few more staples like Small World and Ticket to Ride. Check back every Wednesday for new episodes. If you are in the northern Michigan area, join us at TC Paintball on Saturday, September 25th for our very first game day from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. where we'll be opening up Small World. On that day, we'll be at the store to teach and play the game of Small World with anyone who can stop by. This game and many others will be available to purchase during the event. You can always find our page on Instagram at instagram.com slash where is the rulebook or email us at where is the rulebook at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This episode is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community for all of us to enjoy our hobbies. But all of these games either belong to one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off feature board games each month just by mentioning to the cashier where is the rule book to receive the discount at the register local to TC Paintball. And a huge thank you to John Ransom for making our theme song. Again, if you're in the Northern Michigan area, come play games with us at TC Paintball, or at least stop in and see them for your next board game purchase. And if you love the theme song as much as us, check out Jack Pine for more music with John. Thanks for playing.